Well, before we open God's word together, let us ask God's blessing. Father in heaven, again, we thank you and praise you for who you are and for being a God who reveals himself to us. Thank you for showing yourself already in the, the beauty of this morning that you have given and the glories of your creation. And thank you for especially revealing yourself in all of your saving beauty in the Holy Scriptures as you show to us and magnify your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that we worship and adore. And so bless your word to our hearts. May it be true food and true drink for us and, and help us to hear this morning the voice of our Good Shepherd speaking to us. We ask this in his precious name. Amen. What I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 will be our focus. Uh, for a little bit of context, I'll begin reading in verse 39 of chapter 11 and go through verse 3 of Hebrews 12. It's good to be here with you and to see a number of familiar faces that I was able to spend some time with yesterday and to begin thinking about this theme of the, the race of faith that we are on. Uh, yesterday, we considered especially Hebrews 11 and looked at a lot of the different uh, witnesses of the faith in Hebrews 11 and considering what they endured as Christians looking to the same promise, what they overcame in various obstacles to their faith. And here in light of all of those things from Hebrews 11 and all of those saints that have gone before us, uh, the scriptures now apply this to the church in the New Testament and call us as well to run this race with them. So this is Hebrews uh, chapter 12 verses 1 and 2, but we'll begin reading in verse 39 of Hebrews 11. This is God's holy word. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you, may not grow weary or faint-hearted. This is God's holy word. May he write it on our hearts this morning. Well, I wonder if you've ever heard the name uh, Eliud Kipchoge. Uh, he was in the news a few years ago because he was the first man uh, to run a marathon under two hours. I believe his time was one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. So it was pretty close. It's no doubt one of the greatest achievements in sports history to run uh, marathon in under two hours. And one of the remarkable things about achievements like this is once they happen, uh, you often see many others follow shortly after, right? The four-minute mile uh, seemed like an impossible barrier to break, but uh, after the first man did it in 1954, over 1,400 people have done the same thing, and 10 of those people were actually in high school. So if you're a young person, continue to dream big. In Hebrews chapter 12, uh, it speaks about a race that we are in, a marathon, a long distance race. And whether or not you're a person today here who enjoys running, if you're a follower of Jesus, all of us are running in this spiritual race. And this race requires endurance. 
It requires discipline. It requires focus. And in this race, we can often grow weary. We can grow discouraged in this race of faith because not only is this race inherently difficult, but we are also people who put on ourselves various weights and things that weigh us down in the journey. And moreover, we are a people that sometimes forget why we're even running at all. Uh, the Hebrew Christians here in our text had a similar problem. They were carrying the burdens of Judaism. They were not fully embracing Jesus Christ. They had grown, you might say, spiritually flabby, and they had lost sight of why they were even running this race of faith. And so what does the preacher to the Hebrews do? In chapter 11, he, he gives them this great list of saints as an encouragement and as a motivation for why they are to continue to run this spiritual race. The key question before us this morning is this, it's found in your bulletin, how can we run this race well? And how can we truly cross the finish line? The preacher gives us three things here for why we are, for how we are to run this race well. The first thing he says in this text is you have to lay aside hindrances. Second, you have to run with patience. And third, you have to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. May God bless his word to our hearts as we think about this this morning. Uh, as we think about the first opening uh, point, before that we need to note the context again. The preacher gives us a very important therefore, right? And, and he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, uh, what does it mean that these saints in chapter 11 are a great cloud of witnesses? I think the emphasis is not that they are in heaven right now, in the, the stands, as it were, witnessing our race of faith. Maybe that's true. We don't know that from God's word. But I believe the, the emphasis of Hebrews is that they are serving as living testimonies, living witnesses to us concerning our faith. Right In chapter 11, they show us what our faith receives. In chapter 11, they show us what our faith can endure as we trust in God's power. They show us how we overcome various obstacles by faith. You might remember from yesterday's talks how, how they show us what it looks like to conquer barriers through faith. Right, Conquering the barriers of Jericho, subduing kingdoms, stopping the mouth of lions. They show us how by faith we're able to endure suffering. Chapter 11 speaks of torture and imprisonment, and mocking, and stoning. God has preserved their stories in the scriptures to be living testimonies that speak to us today and encourage us in our race of faith. They kept their feet running in the race, even when things were tough, even when there were obstacles, even when there was suffering. They kept on running the race of faith, looking forward to the reward. And so the preacher now applies it in chapter 12 and he says let us as well in light of these things run the race how do we do that well verse 1 notice first he says you must lay aside hindrances let us also lay aside every weight in the sin which clings so closely you know if you're going to run today and go out for a jog or go run you know a turkey trot or a marathon 
Uh, you don't want to be wearing baggy clothes. You don't want to be wearing heavy shoes. You don't want lots of things in your pocket, right? You don't want lots of things weighing you down as you try to run. Um, I read about a marathon that took place in London, uh, England in 2018. And it was a fundraiser. It was a fun event. And in this marathon, people wore crazy outfits, crazy costumes as they ran this, uh, this, this marathon, this fundraiser. There was actually a couple of world records that were set. Uh, there was one man by the name of Richard Gray who was the first man to run a marathon carrying a household appliance. Uh, he ran with a washing machine strapped to his back. Another man by the name of Colin Haylock was the fastest, was the first man to run a marathon wearing ski boots, believe it or not. And finally, another man was dressed up like a full stormtrooper from Star Wars as he ran this marathon in London, England. These are extreme examples, aren't they? These are fun examples for a fun cause, a fundraiser. Because ideally, you don't want to run with things like that that are going to weigh you down. And that's what the preacher says here in chapter 12. Let us lay aside, notice, every weight. Here, these weights aren't things that are inherently sinful, but they don't help us to run the race. You know, sometimes as Christians, we approach various things and we ask a very important question, is this thing sinful? Should I do it? Because is it sin against God? And, and that's a good question, but there's another parallel question that we need to ask as Christians. Is this thing helpful? Is this helpful for me in running the race that God calls me to? The pastor to the Hebrews not only wants these Christians to lay aside obvious sins, but he wants them to lay aside the weights in their life that drag them down, that wear them out, that keep them from focusing their eyes on Jesus Christ. Weights are those things in our lives that can distract us, that can consume our time and our attention. Dear brothers and sisters, what might be these types of weights in your life? Again, these are things that are maybe not inherently sinful, but they don't help you to run the race. Perhaps for some of us, it's an overconsumption of news, maybe things like that that weigh our hearts down right early in the morning. Maybe it's things on social media or an overconsumption of video games or television. There's many things that are not bad in themselves, right? Not inherently sinful. We could enjoy them for rest and for relaxation. But if we do not enjoy them in moderation and with discipline, they can become weights. They can become things that consume us, that drag us down, that keep us from running the race that God has set for us. The preacher says, lay aside every weight. And he says, sin. Maybe some of you children are learning the children's catechism. The children's catechism uh, is a reformed catechism and it asks a question, what is sin? And the children's catechism answer is sin is any transgression of or lack of conformity to the law of God. Sin is rebellion against God. Sin is doing what God's word forbids or for failing to do what God's word commands. And as we were reminded this morning, all of us sin daily in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds. The pastor to the Hebrews here though, I believe has in view the sins that are especially close to home for us. 
maybe the sins that we're especially tempted to. Notice what he says. Let us let aside the, the sin that clings so closely. Or the sin, other translations, that e- easily in, ensnare us. In this race of faith, there's not only things that can weigh us down, but there are things that can trip us up. There's roadblocks on the race. For these Hebrew Christians, one of their sins was bad theology. They were tempted to go back to the old covenant and to lay aside the gospel of Jesus Christ for going back to this religion of Judaism, which was more visible to the eye. They were tempted to live for something that was more culturally acceptable, something that wouldn't entail persecution for them. Each one of us who are here today, who are running the race of faith, we all come to church recognizing there are some sins in our life that are just close to home, some sins that we, we battle against and things that could not only trip us up, but we realize there's things in our lives that can knock us off the race altogether. Paul, in his letters, often highlights various sins as he speaks to the church and putting off certain things. And he, he, he speaks of things like anger, cynicism where we're maybe just angry with our neighbor angry at the world angry at the culture he speaks of things like sloth where we're spiritually lazy in the things of god he speaks of selfishness you know just keeping our eyes only on ourselves and our needs and our problems he speaks of things like impurity giving in to the distorted passions of our flesh we all have things don't we brothers and sisters that that can trip us up in this race of faith. And for both the weights in our lives and for the sins that are close to home, the preacher to the Hebrew says, lay these things aside. The same word is used in Romans chapter 13, verse 12, when when Paul says to cast off the works of darkness. It's the same word, to, to lay aside the works of darkness because you are children of the light. You don't belong to the darkness anymore. You are not in darkness. You're children of the light. Cast off those things. As you come to church this morning, are you feeling weighed down in the race of faith? Are there sins that are tripping you up that feel like their hands are just grabbing hold of you again this morning. We come to this place of worship to come once again and behold Jesus, to look to his cross and to come once again and to to lay our burdens there, to focus our eyes on our burden-bearing Savior who has taken upon himself our sin and all of our burdens. And so we're called here first, if we're going to run this race well, to lay aside hindrances, the weights and the sins. But let's keep reading and we see here our second point. The second thing we need to do is to run with patience or with patient endurance. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Again, if you're going to run a race, it's important to know what kind of race it is. It matters if it's a sprint or a long-distance race. It matters if it's an individual race or a team race, a relay race. And first we see here from Hebrews, this is a race that is set by God. It's established by him. Let us run the race that has been set before us. In other words, this is not something of our own choosing. 
God has called us and he has summoned us to this race of faith and he's set it before us. And notice what kind of race it is. It's a long distance race. Let us run with endurance, with patience. It's not a sprint, the Christian faith, but it's a marathon. In the words of Eugene Peterson, it's a long obedience in the same direction. I love that title of his book. And that helps give you the right mindset as you think about the Christian faith. It's not about just short bursts of energy followed by burnout. Right? That's how some of us might think of the Christian faith. One minute, we're sold out for Jesus, right? We're ready to die for him. And then on Monday, we're in the pit of despair, wondering if we're a Christian even at all. The preacher here to the Hebrews wants us to know what kind of race it is. It's a race that requires patient endurance, discipline, the right mindset where daily we take our eyes and put them on Jesus. Daily we lay aside those sins. Daily we make that decision by God's grace to follow Jesus as we pick up our cross. Because it's a long distance race, there's times where we might get discouraged. We might wanna throw in the towel. If you're a runner, maybe you know what that's like. When you're running a long distance race, um, there's often walls that you hit, right? Where you're running and then you, you come up against the wall where you might wanna quit and you have to push through that wall. And there might be another one again down the road as well, another wall that you feel and you have to get through it. The same is true in many other sports. You know, the third period of a hockey game, the 12th round of a boxing match, the finishing minute of a grappling match, right? These are the times when you're tempted to just give up and you continue to push through it. And that's what the preacher to the Hebrews is saying to the church. He's saying, you are in this spiritual race that's long distance, it's tough at times, and you have to run with patient endurance looking to Jesus so that you might be able to say with Paul in 2 Timothy 4, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Again, if this race is long, if it's sometimes discouraging, if there's hills and valleys, the question that might be on your heart this morning is how in the world could I really cross the finish line? I feel so weak in myself I feel my sins as I come to church. I have struggles in my relationships or with my kids or just with my own heart. How can I cross this finish line? The pastor to the Hebrews is sensitive to that question because there were Christians in this letter who were tempted to walk away from Jesus. And in this final point, he tells them where their hope is found, where their strength is found as they run this race. If you want to finish the race, brothers and sisters, if you want to make it to heaven, keep your eyes on Jesus. It's our third point. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. You know, in life, you need goals to help orient you and motivate you, don't you? Right, if you wanna get in better shape, 
you often need goals, right? You need a, a vision of yourself, healthy and strong. Maybe you have a weight goal or, uh, or some kind of goal for, for lifting weights or something along those lines. If, if you want to get a certain GPA and you want to get a certain degree, you have to have goals, right, along the way that, that motivate you, that keep you faithful in opening those books on the days that you don't want to. Without goals, our faith lacks purpose. Without a goal, we can easily wander. We can easily wonder, why am I even running at all? Why am I even coming to church? Why am I picking up my Bible in the morning? Why am I trying to repent of sin again and trying to follow Jesus? Why is it even worth it? If we don't have goals, we get discouraged. We get weary. Look at verse 3. Consider him. Consider, think, meditate on him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In these verses, we are told, we are summoned, beloved, to put our eyes on Jesus. He is the one who has gone before us in the race. He has broken that barrier. He is seated at God's right hand and he is pulling us. He is bringing us and drawing us to that place where he is. There's three things you need to consider about Jesus this morning from Hebrews 12. First, you need to consider who he is. Who he is. The preacher says he is the author and he is the perfecter of our faith. Again, chapter 11 gives us many incredible testimonies of the Christian faith. And here is one final man in our flesh who shows us the life of faith. But he's not a mere example for us who just shows us faith. He is the very author of faith. He is the perfecter of faith. The author means, right, he is the champion. He's the beginning of our faith. He's the one who gave us faith set us on the race and he's the perfecter to be the perfecter is someone who is bringing something to completion he has begun faith by giving us that gift and he is the one who is continuing that good work until he brings it to completion chapter one of hebrews it says that jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power in other words, he is guiding human history right now to its appointed end, and he is also guiding you in your faith until it reaches its completion. He's the originator of our faith, and he's the object. He's the sustainer of our faith, and he's the finisher. He hasn't simply, beloved, broken that barrier down for us and crossing the finish line, but he is the one this morning who is carrying you all the way to glory. He is the one who is bringing you as his precious lamb across the finish line that you might be there with him. Our faith this morning is anchored beyond this present world, beyond the veil, at the right hand of God. And Jesus is there and he is drawing us to himself through the winds and waves of this stormy world until we reach safe at his right hand. The preacher says, consider who he is. And notice what he continues to tell us. Consider what he endured. 
Consider who he is. Consider what he endured. Verse 3, he endured such hostility from sinners. Consider this morning how difficult the race was for Jesus. There was never a man on earth who suffered more than Jesus Christ. As we learned last, yesterday, he suffered mocking. He suffered torture, false imprisonment. But even more than that, he suffered the very wrath of God in the place of sinners. As we sometimes sing during Good Friday, many hands were raised to wound him. None would interpose to save. But the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice gave. The justice of the Father as our sins were laid upon Jesus. There at the cross, he drank the full cup of God's wrath and suffered the terrors of hell that we might know everlasting life. How could someone willingly choose a life of suffering like that? How could someone so glorious and so worthy of praise like Jesus willingly come into this world with all of its sin and ugliness and come to be rejected, come to be rejected even by his own people and openly humiliated and shamed even though he's the Lord of glory. How can someone choose to do that? Hebrews tells us it was for the joy that was set before him. There was a joy that motivated Jesus in the race of faith. His faith, you might say, is not like ours. It's not saving faith like we need, but it's a kind of trust. It's a trust that the Father would vindicate him, would raise him from the dead, that he would be the vindicated Son of God who would be with all of his children in glory. There was joy that was set before Jesus that motivated him to endure the cross despising its shame. This morning, do you wonder if God knows your struggles and knows the difficulty of the race of faith? Hebrews says, consider Jesus. Consider the one who endured such hostility against himself so that you don't grow weary and so that you don't grow discouraged. Consider who he is. Consider what he endured, and finally, beloved, consider where he is. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It's because he endured the cross that he is now crowned with glory and honor. Philippians 2 verse 8, he was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. He is the one who has finished the race. He's crossed the finish line and he is seated in that place of honor and authority, showing that he is Lord of all. You see, in order to give the hearers in this text hope to endure their trials and suffering, the preacher to the Hebrews focuses their attention on their eternal reward with Christ, that they will be heirs with him, and even now their lives are hidden with him. If you want to run the race of faith well, you have to keep your eyes on the goal. You have to remember the glory 
and the reward that awaits God's people. Jesus is the guarantee that we will make it if we trust in him because he is the author and he is the perfecter of our faith. And so where are you at in this race today that you're hearing about? Have you begun the race? You began this race this morning by confessing to God, I'm a sinner. And you desire by his help to repent of your sins, to lay those things aside and and to make Jesus the goal of your life, the thing that you live for and keep your eyes on each and every day. Brothers and sisters, if you are running this race this morning, remember that it is a hard race. It is a race of suffering that leads to glory. This week, the pressures of life will be before you. Today, the pressures of life will be before you. Tomorrow, they will be before you. The attraction of all of this fallen world, of stuff, of endless comforts here, the pleasures of sin, daily, those things are going to be before you as God's beloved children. And so, dear people of God, daily, make the conscious decision to fix your eyes on Jesus. Pray that God would help you to see Jesus as bigger than all of your problems and as more valuable than anything on this earth worth living for. Sometimes our running might feel more like a crawl. We might feel like we're barely moving forward in this race at all. But remember that by faith, by faith, you take hold of a strong Christ. And he is able, he is able to bring you all the way across the finish line. And so, dear brothers and sisters, keep on running. Run with endurance the race that is set before you, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Let's pray and let's ask God's help in these things. Our gracious and merciful God in heaven, you are faithful and you are good. We pray that you would give our legs strength today to keep on running. We pray that you would give us faithfulness and courage to lay aside those weights and sins. We pray that you would give us eyes to behold Jesus Christ. We thank you for being our help and our strength the one who leads us all the way across the finish line. And indeed, O Lord, may that be the motivation of our hearts today as we leave this place that we would be encouraged because we have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with us and who has promised that where he is, we will be also. O Lord, write these precious truths on our hearts that we might live for you. We ask this in Jesus' powerful and precious name. Amen. Our song of response.